Welcome to Beyond the Boardroom with me, Kieran Paul. Today, we meet Aisha Mustagni of the California State Teachers Retirement System, or for short, CalSTRS. Aisha is the Portfolio Manager in its Sustainable Investment and Stewardship Strategies Unit. So good to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. Now, as always here on Beyond the Boardroom, I have some quick fire questions to get to know you. So Aisha, cats or dogs? Oh, is it terrible if I say neither? (laughs) (laughs) We've we've not had that on the podcast yet. I'm just, you know, pre-COVID, I was... I was never home enough. I traveled so much. I I feel bad if I can't properly take care of an animal. (laughs) No, it's the sensible option indeed, yeah. Um, Okay, bagels or muffins? Oh, I'd have to say muffins or or a really good scone. What book are you reading right now? Oh, I actually just started one called Sex Nun Cult about a woman that's, that's trying to escape a religious cult. And do you normally prefer fiction or non-fiction? Oh, I like a little bit of both. Um, I somewhat go back and forth, usually between a fiction and then I go something a little more business-oriented. What is the last film you watched? It can be at the cinema or at home. Oh, I'm a big musical theatre person, and so I, I had to see the new West Side Story movie. Did you enjoy it? Yes, very much so. And my favourite question, what is your favourite sitcom? I'd probably have to go with Friends or How I Met Your Mother. I am going to make you narrow it to one. Oh, one. Okay, Friends. (laughs) Yep, you went for the heavyweight option. I think that was a good one. (laughs) Yes. So tell us about CalSTRS and your role. So CalSTRS is the California State Teachers Retirement System. They are a 100-year-old pension fund whose promise is to provide a safe and secure retirement for almost um, a million teachers here in California and their families. Um, I'm a portfolio manager, and I work in what's called our Sustainable Investment and Stewardship Strategies Unit. Um, This is a unit within the investment office, and we basically have two roles. Uh, One is we allocate capital to investments that have an appropriate risk-adjusted rate of return, but also provide environmental, social, and governance positive outcomes. The other role that we play is stewards of the CalSTRS capital. And we have a lot of responsibilities under stewardship. Uh, we vote the almost 9,000 proxies that uh, we own. You know, we're responsible for electing and voting on items in the proxy, such as the, the directors themselves, shareholder proposals, um, executive remuneration. We also engage with a lot of regulators. So here in the United States, we're constantly providing comment to the Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh, we work with other policymakers like SASB, the Sustainable Accounting Standards Board. And then last but not least, we engage companies within our portfolio, um, just hoping to ensure and, and provide better governance oversight, ensuring that remuneration is aligned with shareholders, uh, making sure that we have the right people sitting inside the boardroom. It would be great to hear about your work within the engine number one an ExxonMobil campaign. 
Yes. So that was a very, very exciting uh, time. And, you know, it was this idea that we as long-term shareholders could combine our role as a really constructive, engaged investor and utilize the full suite of activist tools that are available. So we partnered with this uh, group called Engine Number One. At the time, Charlie Penner was working for them and Charlie and I had had a very long uh, relationship. We'd known each other probably over a decade. He knew that a lot of the tools that we had available as shareholders had already been tried and had been unsuccessful at Exxon. You know, we had, you know, supported shareholder proposals that had passed and basically been ignored by the company. We had, you know, worked with other investors such as Climate Action 100 Plus. You know, Climate Action was able to secure commitments at other companies and they weren't able to achieve the same type of results at ExxonMobil. And then last but not least, you know, we started voting against directors at Exxon, but it did little to change the trajectory of this company. And so Charlie came to to be with this idea that, you know, we really needed to change the tone at the top and we really needed to get individuals inside that boardroom that had very specific skill sets. And so we embarked on this journey to um, not only do a deep financial analysis of where we thought the company could really improve, but also to find individuals that fulfilled specific skill sets that we thought were necessary inside that boardroom. You mentioned Charlie Penner. There's a lovely quote from him who said, long before it was fashionable, she was really the biggest advocate for the idea that institutions like Calsters should be using their voice and their votes to get companies to think more long term. I said it was a lovely quote and it really is. It is a very lovely thing for him to say because, you know, he had the idea and it was such a lovely partnership because, like I said, you know, we brought hopefully what I believe is a reputation as a very constructive shareholder. And, you know, he had the foresight to know that we needed to strike then. It was the perfect time. You know, this was a company that really needed change then. And we had a lot of momentum behind us. You know, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. But I think in this case, Charlie's just really, really good. (laughs) Well, if he's ever on the podcast, I'll use that quote by you in that he's really, really good. He's great at his timing. His timing is so excellent. So tell us about your path to net zero. Perfect. So, you know, Calster's last uh, September, our board uh, made a pledge that we want to achieve a net zero investment portfolio uh, by 2050. And, you know, we think that this is just part of our holistic approach to achieving net zero. You know, we're supporting a global movement to not only get our portfolio to net zero, but hopefully the economy to net zero. Aligning the actions of the world's governments, companies, and investors to achieve net zero not only for our portfolio, but also for the planet. So which of the four pillars of that is most important? You've got pledge, plan, proceed, and publish. 
right now we're in the middle of developing the plan and actually measuring the portfolio. I'm going to quote here our our chief investment officer, Chris Aylman. You know, he sort of describes it as we know where we want to get for our portfolio, which is net zero, but we have to know where we're starting from. And so right now we're undertaking and it's not a small task to measure the emissions of our own portfolio. And so we've started with the public assets, which to some extent is, is a little bit easier, but then we're going to undertake a, the really big task, which is to measure the emissions from our private assets. And so once we have that number, then we can really develop the plan of where we need to reduce emissions and what will be most effective. Hi, I'm Tom Matthews of White and & Case, and we sponsored Insightia's Europe Reports, which you can read for free. How frustrating is it then, personally, for you, when you see so many companies that are continuing to damage the environment? I think this is where our stewardship responsibilities really come to play. You know, we have a fiduciary responsibility to engage and hopefully create value and help these companies be more resilient. Look, we all know that the world is changing and we're transitioning to a low carbon future. And so we need companies in our portfolio to start that process also. And so we know that engagement works. I think, you know, we talked about the Exxon campaign. And so we're gonna be really uh, targeting our engagement activities over the course of the next couple years with those companies that are real laggards. So companies that aren't currently disclosing their climate emissions, companies that don't have a strategic plan to reduce their emissions. And I think that's where, again, the power of CalSTRS as a long-term large investor can really have an effect. How confident are you then that 2050 to achieve a net zero emissions portfolio is possible? Well, you're talking to the eternal optimist here. Um, Just like the Exxon campaign, I knew we could do it. I knew it was the right time, the right company, and we had the right plan in place. I think that's what we're doing now with the CalSTRS investment portfolio. We're taking a very strategic, but also concerted effort to make sure our portfolio can get to net zero. We're trying to play our part, but it's not going to be easy. The measurement alone is very difficult because we don't have the data that we need here in the United States. I think that's, again, where some of the regulators come into play. So we're working hard to tackle this on the regulator front. We're working to achieve this with our portfolio companies. And we're just also working with the market as a whole, with the governments, with um, other institutional investors, because we can get our portfolio to net zero, but that's not going to do anything for the larger environment. 
it really has to be a holistic approach so that uh, our entire economy can achieve net zero. Now, on a diversity front, uh, last month you announced that Calsters would vote against the entire board of directors of companies that do not have at least one woman on the board. How crucial is this step? Again, I keep talking about timing, but we've long been engaged with companies around diversity. And I'm so happy that you know the debate is finally over that having a more diverse board creates value. I'm so happy I don't have to have that debate anymore with companies, but now it's really about increasing that demand and making sure that companies have the proper governance mechanisms to ensure that they do get a diverse board, that they have broadened their pool, that They're ensuring that they have the proper candidates come through. And so we feel like now is the time and it's 2022. And if you're still a board that is all male, all white, we're going to be voting against you. You know, we've been talking about this long enough. The time is up. As well as your fellow state pension fund, CalPERS, you voiced opposition towards legislation SB 1173, which would require divestment from all fossil fuel holdings by mid-2027. What are your concerns about the proposed legislation? So one, I think it's important to note that we can't divest away our exposure to climate risk. I think that's really, really key. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it again. We can't divest away our exposure to climate risk. So yes, we could divest of all the fossil fuels in our portfolio, but that doesn't mean that climate and the transition to a low carbon economy isn't going to affect the rest of our portfolio. And in fact, what happens every time we divest of a particular industry or sector, it actually increases the risk to our investment portfolio because it makes us a less diversified investment portfolio. And so what happens is when you increase the risk to a portfolio, it makes it harder to achieve that return that we need in order to pay the benefits for the teachers of California. And so that's why we would prefer to continue to engage those portfolio companies and help them transition to net zero as opposed to simply divesting. Because we know that there are going to be winners and losers as we uh, transition, but we want to be part of that solution and we want to help those companies be more resilient and really take a hard look at their business plans as the world's changing. And Aisha, I'd love to know your proudest moment so far. You know, I do have to say that it really was last year. And it's funny, we're almost to the to the anniversary of the ExxonMobil's annual meeting, which took place last year in May of 2021. But when we found out that two of the candidates had been nominated at the annual meeting, I I was just ecstatic 
And um, then a week later, we found out that another nominee had also been elected to the board. It was too close to call, I guess, at the at the annual meeting itself. So enormously proud moment. You know, I I had worked really, really hard along with Charlie, engine number one. We had the support of the Calsters board. And I was just so excited to see that all that hard work had really paid off. And it was really just the credibility of the argument for needed change on that board. And that's really what made it so successful. So as much as I like to say I'm proud of it, it it really was just the campaign itself that was really um, unique and on point. And we had the right nominees that were supported by the rest of the market. And the most challenging moment, or would it have been that same contest? I, I, I think you're right. I, I'd say the most challenging was you, you'd worked so hard for so many months, and it all culminated on this one day in May of 2021. And I remember the meeting, the meeting itself was, was like none I had ever participated in before. You know, first off, it, it went on for, for over three hours with a one hour break in between, which was very, very odd. But, you know, you're really sitting on the edge of your seat wondering, you know, did we do it or did we fail? And so, um, that was probably one of the most challenging days of my life. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining me, Ayesha. Thank you so much for having me. So that's it for today's episode. Remember, if you want something discussed on a future episode or a particular guest you want to see in the hot seat, simply email press at insightia.com. And if you haven't yet, do get your free copy of our latest special report, Shareholder Activism in Europe 2022. Simply visit the publication section of our website or click the link I have put for you in the show description which will go directly to it. I'm Kieran Paul, I look forward to your ideas of guests in the hot seat and I'll see you next time.